I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. No cap. This is <laughs> she. This is straight up for the glizzy guzzlers out there uh, that are going back uh, to school. Catch these hands, because uh, I know you glizzies are out there prepping, getting your your uh, agendas ready, buying up all your uh, your number two pencils and uh, dossiers, dossiers, uh, and also big shout out to all of our high school listeners out there. I know we probably have like at least two. Uh, you're going into school, uh, shit's going to be real, you know, COVID's not gone. Uh, but the one thing that I do love about kids keeping it real is that, uh, pranks, high school pranks did not die with COVID. Oh, that's good. And, uh, here just a little, just a little bit of prep. This is from a, uh, like a local I don't know where, somewhere in the U.S., uh, a sort of town hall school meeting that has to do with like the public coming in to talk about school coming back and all the procedures. And uh, after the floor was done with all the things that they needed to talk about, the floor was opened up to anybody and everyone to come up and, and, and speak and say anything that they wanted to. To do that, you had to write down your name, submit your name. To come up to the mic. Did Chad and JT That's come exactly up? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> this is not one of their videos. Uh, this is a younger buck who is following in their footsteps. Here, here, here we I'm go. stoked. <laughs> you guys work for us in, in, in this uh, environment. You answer to us, and I'm asking that you do not pass this policy in Virginia. Thank you so much, Ms. Thomas. We do appreciate you. Phil McCracken. <laughs> he's, now, Phil McCracken. he's now calling up the names that have signed up to come speak Phil McCracken Sulk Sook Mahidik Ophelia McHawk Ophelia McHawk Eileen Dover <laughs> he has no idea. Eileen Dolan. <laughs> Don Kiedek. Oh my God. Don Kiedek. Don Kiedek. Oh my God. <laughs> Wayne Kerr. This, this one's my favorite. <laughs> Wayne Kerr. Going, going across oh, the pond for fuck. that one. Oh god That's damn. So you, you know that some fucking like 16-year-old <laughs> was watching that live just pissing his pants. Oh my god. Don yes. Kedick. 
That's so amazing. <laughs> What's funny is the first time I listened to that, I, the Don Kedick one, I was like, Don Kedick. I don't, I did, I missed that one. And then I, I had to say it like five yeah. times out loud. I went, Don. oh, Donkey Dick. Guys, <laughs> guys, how, Don how unenthusiastic are municipal oh, politicians? God. They're dead. They, totally I feel dead. like they're never excited about anything. That's what <laughs> made Parks and Rec so good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it took something that was so bland and boring and and really just like <laughs> just, just insert just, it up. just insert Amy Poehler into yeah, the mix so and good. like boom you've got life yeah so anyway I thought that was a good way to, to kick things off with the uh, feel good Friday now that I'm back in town back in the same uh, same studio back and, in the studio. and also we're back from little vacay yes mm-hmm. uh, we, we took a little we took some time off last feel good Friday we we released a, a, a patreon exclusive stream uh, that you could have only watched at the time. Uh, and, and actually you still can only watch on our Patreon. Uh, we just released the audio. So YouTube, well, hello, we're glad to see you again. Um, and, uh, as we are back, I figured this is a nice way to have a little laugh, um, to open things up. And now I'm going to throw to something quite interesting, uh, to keep things on the feel good Friday, um, uh, feels this is from vice (laughs) man, Lauren, you put this in Slack and I was like, this is the fucking content that I'm here for. World's fastest accelerating roller coaster suspended because riders kept breaking their bones. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Well, so, I want to know about this because um, I was on the formerly world's fastest roller co- accelerating roller coaster. In, where was this? In Abu Dhabi at Ferrari oh. World. Oh, whoa. It just fucking it, I, I used to run events there. So I went there all the time and I've, I've ridden it a bunch of times and it just like takes off so fast out of the from gate. it's from sitting still from sitting still do you yeah. remember how fast it went i can't remember exactly but it was it it was like probably it, only slightly slower than the new world's fast you know what's funny though is it actually <clears throat> probably felt similar to driving a tesla like when you step mm, on the right. gas in a tesla it's insane yeah it's crazy well this roller coaster uh out of tokyo is called the uh dudo dampa um uh oh we got a little bit of a camera issue here oh no we don't uh dudo dampa um here's the here's a quick little intro Sorry, to what's the, the first syllable the first two syllables of it? d-o do, dash d-o-d-o-n-p-a do do dudo dampa oh, okay uh lauren just found the ferrari world one 149 miles an hour all right wow check this yeah. one out acceleration of any roller coaster in the world to put it into perspective dodo dampa launches riders from zero to 180 kilometers per hour in only 1.56 seconds. Whoa. Oh my this God. subjects the guests to up to 3.3 Gs of force upon launch, more than that experienced by astronauts on takeoff. So Whoa. what is it? So what, Over what are they, 180 what are miles they breaking? per hour. Are they breaking ribs? Well, the fastest accelerating roller coaster in the world has been suspended until further notice after multiple customers reported broken bones from the ride. Since December, at least six riders sustained bone fractures <laughs> after riding Dudodumpa. Uh, a roller coaster that goes at super death speed in the country's popular Fuji Q Highland Park. Hold on, wait, why is it called super death speed? <laughs> well, it's like why are why are why are really hot wings called suicide or death wings? You know, it's like you know it's gonna f- fuck you up. Is it? Has, it's called, dude. It's called super death speed because people are cracking their fucking dude, spines. This, on. this reminds me, Taylor. You remember when? Uh, <laughs> Sounds like Nathan Fielder. So I, my first thought is. I can't believe that somebody made something where after a few test runs, Jesus people Christ clearly... Sorry, guys. I, 
people, this is a I'm, podcast. Dude. I am, You're fucking I'm up the fucking audio. Jesus. Hey, if you're going to cough like that, put, leave put the room, it, please. Yeah, yeah. Put it on mute. The, Sorry, I'm, I'm sick. The thing that I find uh, really remarkable, though, is that they probably ran a couple test runs, and it, I, I am assuming that, like, the first broken bones happened very, like, close to the beginning of the test. Like, it's not like all of a sudden it's broken all. bones. Okay, well, so let, let me let me just uh, hypothesize for a minute before you tell us the real yes. news. But my my thing is, I know what it feels like to build something and realize that once my engineering feat is complete, that it's very dangerous and realize, oh, we immediately need to remove this. Mm -hmm. Because, Taylor, you'll remember this vividly. We once... Vividly. <laughs> built a massive uh, jump at the bottom of a sledding hill. Yeah. And we uh, went the night before, uh, the, right after the snowstorm, and we sprayed the whole hill down with uh, water, and we iced it. Young engineers in the making. Mm -hmm. So we went to the hill the next morning, and, uh, and our friend Scott was there already, and he had gone down the hill, and he was like, guys, don't do it. It's way too dangerous. So we were like, okay. We, we like tested it out, kind of went from halfway up the hill. It was very dangerous. So yeah. we we gave Taylor this big black sled and we sent him down the hill from the top. Oh my god. He didn't know. And didn't know he, it was dangerous. Like did well, he you didn't show know how up fast late? he was going to go? But even if yes. I did, would have done it. Yeah. And oh. he did this he did this like backflip in the air and landed on his neck. It was oh, it was god. gnarly. But then these oh, two yeah, other guys showed up. up these two other guys showed up on a GT and they doubled up on the GT. Oh no. And the guy on the back is sitting he's riding down the hill. And he tries to push off in the air because they're going they're going so fast. They hit this jump. They go flying through there. Oh, and no. he tries to like push off, but his leg gets stuck in like the hook in the back <gasps> part of the GT. Oh no. Dude, the guy on the GT lands on his oh. the bottom half of his leg and just immediately Dude, shatters it was his all, ankle. It was oh. it was it was it was the Hall of Meat type video that I send you that you don't watch. Yeah, and we had to cover him in a blanket <sighs> and call the uh, ambulance to the, him. It was pretty bad. The thing that makes me the most sad about that story is that cell phones weren't around. Right. right? Yeah. So no anyway, was, no one was filming unfortunately. I, I digress, was, but the point is is that immediately after building that thing, I would have been like this is dangerous. We probably shouldn't do it. One person broke their ankle and we destroyed the ramp. Have you, guys, have you guys seen the, um, uh, speaking of th things in Japan that go insanely fast, have you guys seen any videos on the maglev trains? Oh, oh that's yeah, the, like their speed train. Mm, yeah. the, the, they like levitate. So, so uh, when oh, yeah. I was in Japan uh, a couple years ago now, which is right before COVID, we took a bullet train. I think the fastest bullet we went train, was like yeah. 300K an hour or something like that. Um, like when you're, on, when you're on big long stretches. And oh, they don't do that on turns? They don't do it on turns, no. They <laughs> slow down for turns. <laughs> I have a hair in my mouth. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's a mustache here. Fuck, that's gross. Um, okay. and, uh, but maglev trains, they go... So, dude, magnetic levitation, they're literally not... So they start on wheels, they pick up speed, and once they get to uh, 150 or 170 kilometers an hour or something like that, the wheels lift and then the train starts to magnetically levitate over the track so there's no friction with the track oh my god so and they go so they, and the 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 record in the record speed in testing is 603 kilometers an hour oh Whoa. my god Whoa. and so that and so they they can take the trip from i think it was osaka to tokyo which is supposed to be i think four hours and it brings it to two hours wow yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like Ugh. an airplane basically. Yeah. It's just yeah. flying really low to the ground. Well, uh, the Dudo Dumpa, 
which goes over 180 miles per hour uh, at super death speed. Um, uh, four of the people, uh, four of them said they broke their neck or back. A spokesperson for the park told Vice World News. The incidences, uh, the incidents alerted the authorities, uh, alerted to authorities on August 17th are baffling officials. So this thing was built in 2001. Uh, the ride goes from zero to 180 kilometers per hour. Um, sorry, 180. I think that video said 180 miles per hour, right? It said kilometers it's per hour. Kilometers. Oh, it said yeah. kil- my bad. The article about Ferrari World said miles per hour for 149 miles per hour, but I think that that is top speed and it's not accelerating at Got the same speed. Okay, so zero to 180 uh, in 1.56 seconds, making it the fastest accelerating roller coaster in the world. But the park said it was the first time riders broke their bones on the ride since it went into operation two decades ago. Now, the reason for this is that in 2017, the ride was it was modified <laughs> to bring up the top speed from 172 to 180. Um, but the park said there were no reports of serious injuries, including bone fractures, until December. So it seems like uh, seems like so December of this year. Yeah, I think that people during COVID lockdown just weren't um, exercising enough, or right. or or drinking enough milk, perhaps, and not getting enough <laughs> yeah, calcium. Yeah, yeah right. It's and I think they milk. just went back um, weaker, more fragile humans. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a milk correlation. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we all know how milk is. Uh, there's a milk shortage in Japan right now. Yeah. You guys know that, right? And every, and everybody responds so well to dairy. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were no technical issues found upon initial investigation, according to Fuji Q Highland. Uh, the ride's manufacturing company, Sensei Technologies, apologized to the injured customers, but said it also didn't know what caused the injuries. Roller coaster rides that result in severe injury are rare. The last roller coaster-related death in the country was reported in 2007, when an axle on a car broke during a ride in, in Expo Land in Osaka and sent the roller coaster crashing into a guardrail. Obviously, that would <laughs> be bad. Uh, Nao, uh, Naoya Mayasato, an architecture professor from Nihon University who studies roller coaster designs, what a cool job, said accidents that result in broken bones are unheard of. Quote, roller coaster designs must all abide by government-approved standards, so the fact that there are multiple similar accidents is unusual. Although the Japanese government hasn't found the reason for these injuries... Uh, Mayo Sato said it could likely be an issue with the roller coaster's rapid acceleration. Hmm. <laughs> I, guys, I also s- correlating to the human species becoming more soft. I I smell an insurance scam. Well, I feel like this is a group of people who were like, "Hey, you know, this is the fastest accelerating roller coaster. What if we just say, well, yeah, we get off we the ride and just whiplash, right. just put our yeah. arm in the in the gate that, and <laughs> yeah. then snap it? Yeah, they just uh, have a friend go here, just reach over the friend, just reach over, goes." Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, accidentally kills them. <laughs> so again, Whoops. this this ride accelerates at more than three times the force of gravity, which is comparable to the G force experienced by astronauts during a rocket launch. And F one drivers. Quote: If a rider can't withstand the acceleration, then they sustain injury, which could be what's happening here. But in addition to the coaster's rate of acceleration, Mayasato said that the way riders sit may be an issue. So this was interesting. If they decide, if they detected no serious concerns with the actual ride then it could be the way that people were sitting. But if a person was sitting incorrectly, say with space between their backs and the seat, it's the responsibility <laughs> of the park's employees to check that the seat's position. So if someone's just got like, oh, I'm so excited for this ride. I'm so, and like, hey, Taylor, I'm really excited for this ride. <laughs> and then you get slammed back by like, you know, whatever, eight 
inches, eight G's <laughs> at three G's, eight inches slamming you back like and snap your back. How how or, wild would that be? Or or is it a bunch of mouth breathing slouchers that are <laughs> that are being snapped into, into correct posture? Yeah, it's actually it's actually uh, yeah. because of work from home. Everybody has rounded shoulders yeah, and they're all sitting forward. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what? I, they could have perhaps even even you know when they up the the acceleration speed in 2017, maybe they actually just slid the seats forward a little bit so that there was just naturally a gap between the backrest and the person where the person sat. Yeah. So it just jarred them back yeah. because it was like, but it's great. Press. For that. It's great press. It's like the, it's like the episode it, of Nathan for you when they're like, yeah. yo, the way that you're going to drum up business is by breaking somebody's bones on your red. So yeah. like, let's, let's get a, a lawsuit. Law, let's get a lawsuit. I, well, you're not wrong. Like I, well, I read this and I went, I want to go. I gotta go. I gotta get on Dudo Dumpa. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this is actually a, the new season of Nathan. This is a teaser. Yeah, we're going to find out a year from now that this was all he's doing. Uh, much like most high speed roller coasters, Dudo Dumpa requires riders to lean back against their seat and wear over the shoulder restraints, keeping as little space between uh, their back and the backrest. According to uh, Minichi Shimbum, one of the riders who reported an injury said she may have been sitting forward during the ride. Statistics from the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions said this, approximately 385 million guests safely enjoyed 1.7 billion rides at 410 North American fixed uh, site facilities. The chance of being seriously injured on a fixed site ride at a U.S. amusement park is one in 15.5 million rides taken. Wow. So it is very, very rare for this to happen. Now, in prepping for this, that was the, that was the only like decent footage that I could find of the Dududampa. But I was looking for like other f- footage of other roller coaster incidences, and they're, they're oh, hard to find. No. However, I did find <laughs> one roller coaster accident. That I'm gonna put out uh, NSFL uh, warning here. Not safe for not safe for life. Safe oh, for I was gonna say it better not be Lauren. I love that shit. <laughs> not safe for Lauren. Uh, Close your eyes. Uh, Earmuffs. Might get us pulled off YouTube because this is like Ooh. this is like rotten.com shit. Folks, go to YouTube. Oh, and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if we'd be okay to show it on the podcast. <laughs> really? You went like you it's went bad. really bad. Where did you find it? Actually, uh, I will tell you off. <laughs> is it a live leak? I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> off, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. found it on HN. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Are you guys cool to watch this? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't even think about that when you were bringing it up. Now I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to see all it? Right. Dude, did anyone die? Your mom's host live, dude. Uh, um, all 16 people died. What? Are you for real? <laughs> right, you can see them going down here. Whoa. They got so much air. Whoa. Oh my god. And you can see them they go right into the forest. Whoa. Oh, wow. They went like 500 meters. Incredible. <sighs> why did yeah. you why did you make us watch such an atrocity? Oh, yeah, did you guys would... ever play Roller Coaster Tycoon? That was all I ever did on Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, I did play I did play Roller Coaster Tycoon a little bit. For the folks that were uh, just listening, I didn't show any death. I just I showed death via roller coaster tycoon it yeah. was uh vr death how good was that music there was though? a lot of 8-bit blood there that was, pretty fun. That was a big a big explosion it was did i get you guys that was a good you one did, yeah. you, you did, did. Yeah. because I, I expected you to that's one of my favorite that. that's one of my favorites <laughs> I, i've actually been on a roller coaster when it malfunctioned 
really? everyone was oh fine. God, really? Yeah. It was at Six Flags in Dallas. I don't remember that much about it because it was like, it was kind of chill. It was like a roller coaster that, um, uh, it would get to the end of a track and then stop and then reverse. Yeah. And like oh, yeah, that yeah. kind of mechanical work, like tends to malfunction. And so I think, I think I remember I was facing up because there were some people that were facing fully just to the ground oh, for a few minutes. And, wow. but I think my my only like complaint at the time was I was like I'm thirsty. It was Texas in like July, oh, so yeah. I was like it's really it's hot. hot. See, and I'm thirsty. I, I don't really. I'm not afraid of of like big theme park roller coasters like Six Flags and yeah. you know, Bush Gardens or Disney World or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of those because I feel like they're very well maintained. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Oh of, yeah, you just. I mean, I just read it right there. Yeah. One in one. One in fifteen point five million. I w- chances. Of I getting wonder fucked up. what that stat is for like um traveling fares <laughs> yes well, oh my god did, did you notice that the big part in these sentences was the chance of being seriously injured on a fixed site ride yeah. is one <laughs> dude because there was a there was a uh there was a like it was like spinning teacups or something here. down down here in hell i broke his fucking collarbone yeah he got on smashed a into a tree branch it was slammed not, into a tree it was one of those big things that like spins around so he got launched out no, of it no, no they set it up too close they set up to the too trees. close to a tree what the thing was spinning and it went <laughs> which is crazy that they just set it up in the wrong spot yeah. and, and that's what got obviously didn't test it. And hey, look, yeah. not yeah. not to shit on on carnies because I know we have a lot of carnies that listen to the podcast. But we, we do have a, while a they're large, on the road. But I do have a large. I've never population. met a carny that wasn't completely off this planet, <laughs> wasted <laughs> at they're nine a.m. They're all drunk. You know all what's the time. you know what's wild though is that this the scariest moment of my entire life was being on oh, yeah, the you, traveling you, fair. You told this story on the zipper. Yeah, because yeah. I was spinning around and I was like, I, I as I describe it, I was weightless for what felt like way too long, and yeah. I was like, the ride detached. But like, also to be fair, it was very rusty. It was a pretty janky it's ride. It's a fair so. fear to have. Rusty, yeah. at one rusty, of those, at rusty. Rusty is a good uh, descriptor <laughs> for uh, most carnies I've met too. Listen, they're, I've they're, got they're <laughs> very rusty. I hear <laughs> that metal that has that's been that has rust. It's like it has a reinforcing type of uh, <laughs> property to it. Where like See, I've I've gone skydiving stronger. in a plane that had duct tape in it. Like there was parts being duct taped together. Oh, man. And that was I less trust, scary. I that, that means yeah. that I was also in that plane. You were, I didn't yeah. notice I the duct tape. Yeah, John and I thought it was That's uh, scary. Anyway. <laughs> Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Um, all right. Well, that that was all real fun. Uh, let's move into some uh, some more so interesting stuff. Uh, COVID related. Man, uh, this is from Global. Majority of Canadians support mandatory vaccines. Say COVID nineteen, and also say COVID nineteen a top election issue. Mandatory mandatory vaccine. Like you gotta get. You have to get it. Yeah. Majority of Canadians support mandatory vaccines. And majority of Canadians also say that COVID-19, a top election issue. 
Uh, as mandatory sense. COVID-19 vaccinations for travelers in some industries becomes a point of uh, contention amid the federal election campaign, a new poll suggests a strong majority of Canadians support the issue regardless of their political affiliation. Thought that was a little interesting tag at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IPSOS, is that what it is? Or is it the LPSOS? Ipsos. Ipsos. Uh, Ipsos. The Ipsos poll, I don't even know what the, f- what the fuck is Ipsos. It's a firm that conducts polling. Gotcha. Like yeah. Gallup. The, oh, yeah. right. They call me and I always just say, nope, click. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, the Ipsos poll conducted exclusively for global news. Sorry, CBC. Uh, (laughs) Found found that 80% or more of those surveyed support mandatory vaccines for healthcare workers, teachers, and public servants. Just over 80% said requiring proof of vaccination for train or air travel was also a good idea. Quote, what the data is showing is that if people think that there is a public debate among Canadians about how one should be dealing with COVID-19 when it comes to vaccines... There really is no debate, said Daryl Bricker, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. People think that vaccines should be ubiquitous and think that they should be directed, even mandatory. Uh, The liberal government announced right before the election was called last weekend that vaccines will be mandatory for federal workers and domestic travelers, a stance that party leader Justin Trudeau, I've heard of him, uh, who's running for his third term as prime minister. What is it? What is he, a fucking dictator? Uh, doubled down on Wednesday. <laughs> Canadian politics. Canadian politics. Uh, Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> uh, conservative leader Aaron O'Toole has said he would not require any workers to be vaccinated, accusing Trudeau of using the issue as a political wedge to divide Canadians. Yet even among likely conservative voters who responded to the Ipsos poll, about three quarters supported mandatory vaccinations. Wait, who did you say the, said that? The Ipsos. Air, Ipsos. The issue. Who's, so, who's Aaron O'Toole? Aaron O'Toole. He's the conservative. Uh, party I don't leader. think I've ever heard of him. O'Toole rules. There's a really <laughs> funny commercial that in Al, I think it's an Albert uh, Albertan uh, um, uh, commercial, like political attack ad, mm-hmm. and it it's a it's a truck commercial. Yeah, but, but Aaron O'Toole is the truck. And, it, and they're like, you're going to get, you're, here comes the new model, Aaron O'Toole. It's like falling off at the hinges. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a, it's like an old rusted truck that's driving around. Every time it hits a bump, something falls off the truck. And they're like, anyway, it's really funny. But the issue about the, va- the va- vaccine thing is that it's, it's, uh, it's misleading. It's l- misleading language in the way that like still, and again, agree or disagree, it's not. Mandate. It's not making mandatory. It's not making vaccines mandatory for anybody in terms of like from on an individual basis. It's saying if you work for this certain, company, certain or elements, work, or you yeah. work in this industry, federal or if you're government, tra- or if you're traveling, which, if you which, work for the federal government, or you work for the federal government, is, and 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 make no mistake, it's an ultimatum for your livelihood for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like there's a, a very. I think there's a. I think that there's a debate w- to be had there whether that should be used or not, but. It's not mandatory vaccines. Yeah. Like from an individual level, you got to get it. I don't know, right. though, dude. It's kind of like the illusion of choice, though. Totally. It, so, it is. Yeah, you, totally. So, it, yeah, it, it is kind of mandatory. <laughs> the poll I know felt, it's, yeah. it's not. Because it, at the end of the day, of the underlying, under, yeah. and the, the argument would be that you can't, and I don't think legally you can make somebody on an individual level, uh, you know, uh, divorced from like your work or just as whatever. a citizen, as a citizen yeah. to go, you need to put this, you like, yeah. 
because it, it that would that would I'm sure that that would violate something in the human the charter of human yeah. Of yeah. But there's freedoms. but there are some jobs that require a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and stuff like that that you yeah. have to that you have to keep up or have in the first place before you get hired. Yeah. So I think I I think I generally I think I generally support that idea. That do you think the flu shot is is mandatory for healthcare workers? I am not sure. Uh, listeners, if you know the answer to that, we know, I know there's yeah. uh, outside, I mean, I know we have a massive carny listenership, but right. outside of that, there's a couple of doctors that listen. Um, if you know anything about that, wherever you are, I wouldn't be letters surprised. at sickboypodcast.com. Yeah. If it is mandatory it, for, for, uh, for healthcare workers to get the flu shot I, in your, in I your also tend to support the mandatory, um, vaccinations, but I also feel weird about it. I feel weird about like the government yeah. telling people, yeah. even though I understand yeah, right now that it's in the best interest of people because I, it, I I tend to think of like, well, what could happen totally. down the road? Because mm-hmm. it's be it's always about that. It's like and 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 this is the thing when when you hear of a case that goes to the Supreme Court or the High Court in Canada, like it's it's never just about the thing. Yeah, it's about the legal precedent mm-hmm. that gets set for the thing 20 believe, years from now. Yeah, I believe the term they use is the uh, the potential slippery slope. Yeah, that's the technical world yeah. where legal precedent is a little bit, um, you know, like street slang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the poll the found that, support for mandatory vaccines for both healthcare workers and teachers was also high regardless of the province. Never dipping below 75% in Quebec for teachers and reaching as high as 90% in the Atlantic provinces for healthcare workers. Wow. That's good. Support That's dipped slightly for vaccine passports p- to be used to enter public spaces like restaurants, but not by much. 72% of all respondents accepted the idea, including 67% of conservative voters, which Bricker says is still a sign of strong support. Man, it's the thing that bums me out the most about this, though, is that it has to be done. It like in our country right now, yeah. we have enough doses of the vaccine where everybody could be fully vaccinated right now if they just decided that they wanted to yeah. go get their vaccines. And so having to make it mandate that it's it, it, that it, everybody has to have it is just a bummer because the only reason they have, they have to do that is because, because not everybody people does. just aren't going right. to do it. Yeah. So yeah, it, they, they, that th- makes me sad. He also totally. went on to say, um, uh, speaking of fucking getting called by polls, are you getting answer? A, are you getting a prank call? Right? Oh, let's, what, what? let's get this on the pod. Hello. Well, that's a fucking call center. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Dude. I do agree that vaccines should be mandatory. Yes. <laughs> uh, I thought that was going to be someone that was like, hello, uh, was that? you owe on your CRA account and yeah. the police are outside your door. Um, <laughs> one thing that he said, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, he said, quote, it's pretty hard to get 72% of Canadians to agree on anything. Yeah. That's very true, interesting. True. It's, and, and most notably the, the leader of the country. Yeah. When you look at the whole series <laughs> yeah. of other issues that we looked at in this survey, you see a lot of division, a lot of disagreement on the issues, but on vaccines, vaccine passports, not a lot of division. So mm-hmm. just an interesting uh, it, little piece there. I think it kind of highlights, it highlights how loud people can be that mm-hmm. are against something. Right. You know, Absolutely. like when yeah. you're, when you're, when you're not, when you're, when you're against the, the, the status quo, you know, like if, if you went around and asked 
people. So you have the poll, but then if you asked people what they thought the results of the poll were, were, I'm sure they'd be way more down the middle. Like people's perception of how many people are out there saying that they right. don't want mm. the uh, mandatory vaccines in industries or you know in federal federally regulated industries, which I believe is the is like the overarching umbrella of what they said. What do you What do you guys think makes Canada different from the United States in that? Because like really, I mean, we have a lot of there's there's a lot of the same qualities to life here as there are in the we, United I States. Think, I think that in general, there's there's for sure more of a general like belief and trust in our government mm-hmm. than there is in the US. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I think from a political sense it's a it's a I think I think it's a politically driven uh difference between the two countries that we are by and large more social socialist in our mm. government policies and the yeah. way that everything's run in the government programs that we have Universal healthcare is a very so, socialist program, uh, so that so in 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 countries that lean more towards socialism, there's a there's a much higher degree of uh, there's a much higher degree of like reverence for the state and also community or, or, or community oriented mm-hmm. thinking, whereas in the U.S., much more individualistic um, thinking. Do you uh, think that would change here if? our population was the same as the U.S.'s? I think that... The size, you mean? Yeah, like, like what's what's the population of Canada? It's like 38 one, million. 30 yeah. And the population in the U.S. is like almost 400 million? It's like yeah. 10 times the population. Yeah. I will say in the U.S. that um, the government, like, they're very anti-regulation and, like, they yeah. do, like you're saying, like, we're more collectivist and they're more individualistic, but, it all, but it's... But, it, but because of that, like, that is... That means that like their government and the way that it operates, like both government and politics, like they they like reject things like any any sort of regulation. And what that kind of trickles down to is that like if you have money, you can like buy speech and that undermines Mm. democracy Mm. and and like the people's ability to make decisions for themselves. So that way, like people that are very, very wealthy or corporations are able to have an outsized influence on, um, on like the lived material reality of people's mm. lives. Mm, anyway, my point. Karl Marx has left my body. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy though. How, like, how like those nationalist values can kind of, can influence in such a large way, how people think about the world because, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and even just in, I, I think too that it probably has to do somewhat with the two party system versus like a three yeah. or more party system because definitely when you're in a two party system it's like us against them yeah. always me, you, me so and, me and you it's, every yeah. issue is politically divided mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. But down in, the middle yeah and yeah. in Canada there's a lot of I mean we just elected a conservative government here in Nova Scotia but <laughs> our conservative government provincially is more like a federally liberal government in the sense that yeah. it's socially progressive. Fiscally conservative, but even the policy was like fairly. I mean, there's not a lot of difference policy. between them and the liberals. I mean, we yeah, have right. a we have a we have a party called pro- the Progressive Conservatives, right? Like we have shades, we have yeah. parties that represent shades of conservatism, and we have parties that represent shades of liberalism. Yeah, uh, instead of 
liberal conservative. Which and is in like, fact, yeah, like our premier during the campaign actively, our, our new premier, like he actively distanced himself from the federal conservatives. Yeah. Like he made yeah. a huge yeah. point of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, well, I mean, why I think he got elected here. Yeah. Because I don't think if he was uh, attaching himself to the federal conservatives that it would have happened. Yeah. But yeah. the other thing that yeah, I not like he's going to run out and do a bunch of blow with, uh, <laughs> with the Ford brother there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. You never know. I think he was in a meth. The other thing that's really right, interesting right, right. is that I find that I don't understand why political why political parties have to sort of represent one specific view on everything. Like, yeah. you know, you elect the, can, it's more specifically in the States, like you're either left-leaning or right-leaning and you're that for everything. You have to vote a party that's going to yeah. basically take that stance on I think it's everything popula- that comes like Populism has, t- has, yeah. has grown so much. I mean, dude, we're, getting, we're becoming a political party. You know what right bores now, the but- fuck out of me? That. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to something a little bit more interesting. Uh, and cute. I like talking about this. This is stuff. so cute. Uh, therapy dogs yes. helping <laughs> with COVID nineteen vaccinations in guys, Montreal. Guys, this is literally like the the scene in fucking Anchorman where they're like where they're they're, they're delivering yeah. the news and they're like and a man Next. was shot in the Hyde Park last night and now a squirrel that can water ski. So, uh, this is coming from the Montreal Gazette. Uh, it's all about. Therapy dogs helping people with their vaccinations in Montreal. Uh, this woman, Divine Sem, uh, Nsembimana, um, was afraid to get her COVID-19 vaccine. So much so that when she arrived at a vaccination center on Thursday evening, the staff sensed her discomfort. But a dog, Bidule, and a zoo therapist sprang into action and you can see Bedul here and the yes. therapist, oh, bloody, <laughs> reassuring and distancing the young woman until she was, or distracting the young woman until she was inoculated yeah. without even realizing it. At the vaccination clinic in Montreal's uh, LaSalle borough, the local health authority has been using pet therapy to provide, to help people who are afraid of needles or concerned about side effects. Uh, and some Bimana got vaccinated while she still had Bedul on her lap. Nurses asked her if she was ready, then informed her that they had already administered the shot. And some Bimana burst out laughing. Uh, <laughs> after being inoculated, she said she was afraid of the second dose because she had heard the side effects were likely to be more intense than it was with the first. But while petting the dog, she said she forgot all of her fears. Oh. Quote, I was more occupied with the dog. I wasn't even focused on the vaccine anymore, she said. It really helped. That's uh, the CIUSSS. What? This is going to be fun. Is that three C- S's? It's three S's. Yeah. The CIUSSS de l'OS uh, de l'OS de Ile de Montreal. Let me say that again. The CIUSSS de l'OS de Ile de Montreal. Oh my God. Another <laughs> dig at the French community. Uses, uses pet therapy and vaccination clinics to help those who are yet to be vaccinated over fears of needles or side effects. The project is carried out with the help of Corporation des Zoo Therapeutes du Quebec. Uh, <laughs> there's another image of Bidule uh, talking to a young, a young man and his father. Uh, the dogs can work more than the dogs can't work more than three hours a day, explained Anne Sophie Rousseau, a pet therapist who spent the afternoon with a dog named Theo before Bidule took over that evening. Guys, I'm concerned about this, though. I feel like that is slave labor. Oh, like, come are on. They, they love are it. They dogs, paying lo- slave dogs love labor. Are they shit. paying those dogs? You know what, Brian, I think you're right. They're working for three hours a day. I mean, no pay. They're p- getting paid in pets and treats, dude. Are they and that is free that is vaccinations at their vet appointments. I hope later so. Later that year, 
Treats are their money. <laughs> so are the pets. They're I think getting... Donut agrees with you, though, yeah, Brian. He He's like over, taking was... a strong w- sit next tail. to you. Yeah. Donut. Um, oh, my God, I want to eat you. Donut would be a great, a great therapy oh, dog yes, for vaccinations. Would. Yes, you would. Oh, my God. You're so cute, buddy. Look the, at you. He's got the best little kisses. Oh, he's so sweet. Jerry, have you been able to get any work done? Uh, nope. Uh, one of the people to use the service was Elizabeth Barker, a 15 year old. She didn't enjoy her first COVID-19 vaccination at school. Did you say Elizabeth Barker? (laughs) Hey, oh, that's a great dog. That's a great dog pun. Uh, quote, he's a baby. You know, he's not even a year old yet, said Sylvain Gauthier, kneeling in front of the teenager who melted when Bidule approached her. Quote, it's perfectly normal to have fears, Gauthier added. Barker was inoculated while feeding the dog some kibble. There you go. That's where they're getting paid. Uh, She felt the needle, she said, but shortly afterward, but never looked away from Bidule. Quote, you made my night, she told the pet therapist as her father looked on reassuringly. 10 out of 10, she said. Oh my God, Donut. Look at, just look how donut. fucking if, sweet. If you're donut. not watching this on YouTube, you're really missing it. Really don't tell, don't tell them what we're looking at, but yeah. you can see it on YouTube right now. Um, um, pet therapy is not just putting an animal on a person's lap, Gontier explained afterwards. It's more about using the animal's connection with that person, he added, to establish communication and a connection. Quote, the animal serves as a great facilitator to introduce a new person. And Sophie Rousseau added, and it's a motivator. Sometimes the child is ready to do something for the dog that he wouldn't have done for me. The CIUSSSSSSSS began offering zoo therapy last June when high school students began receiving their first dose. Given the success of the experiment, they repeated it at the end of August and opened it up to everyone. Now, having said that, very excited to announce this on the show. Sick Boy exclusive. Um, If you haven't gotten your second dose here in Halifax, you can... Go to the Spryfield Vaccination Outreach Clinic uh, for people that have needle anxiety on Thursday, September 9th. So that's next week, next Thursday from 1.30 to 4.30 p.m. This is so fucking Halifax local for the podcast. (laughs) But uh, they're going to have a therapy dog uh, and handlers there from the St. John Ambulance who will help create a calming, supportive environment. So if you want to go get your second dose... With a puppy to pet. I mean, fuck, I wish I'd waited. To be fair, if we're doing it here, there's probably local clinics everywhere. Wherever you are, <laughs> there's probably a clinic doing a therapy Absolutely. dog thing. So there, check it out. There's a, uh, there is a, on the same topic of <clears throat> dogs and uh, like, you know, not, not in vaccine, but dogs and health and illness and like the connection of dogs with humans. There is a, uh, a, a relatively new season of Explained on Netflix. Nice. And Love that one show. of the episodes is dogs. And like, why do humans connect so intensely with dogs? And so it kind of goes like through the, the history and everything like that. But one of the is examples. Simply because of the domestication. It, like, it, a like, lot of it has to do with the domestication. Because I was, I was going to say, like, if, if we didn't domesticate dogs, but we did domesticate foxes all those years. Ago, yeah, there was like, something specific about dogs where it was like you there has been domestication um, efforts with other animals and you don't get the same product like cats, but right. Yeah. <sighs> Cause cats are cats. No matter how often you no, no matter how long you domesticate them, they stay um, the spawn of Satan. But the, one of the examples that they used in the uh, explained episode was this family and they, I think they had two, they had, they had two or more children, two of, two of their children 
um, were dogs have autism. Oh, and <laughs> they, and they, they have, they have quite severe form of autism mm. and they were, I think it was the, there was their, their daughter. They had been, they had been recommended by, uh, I I think a social worker that, that they give up their daughter. Whoa. Whoa. Because, because of how severe her autism because, was. Because it, because she was very violent. Like oh. her, her, oh, what, no. like whatever, oh. what, like whatever, um, like environmental things, um, uh, like social environmental things mm. would, would, you know, make her freak out and, Ooh. and become violent. And the social worker, I think it was a social worker had, had recommended, Hey, you know, like you, honestly, this is a lost cause. You should kind of cut your ties and, and like, it would make your life a lot better. Um, what a fucking, I mean, I don't, I, don't I mean, say. I mean, I'm, I mean, I could be, I don't want to This make I, me sad. I don't want to say that as if I'm, I mean, that was the gist of it. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly we, it's, we only do facts on the show. But it was, but it, but it definitely it. was intense. They basically told her to give her up and they ended up getting, then, then they saw somebody else and they recommended getting a therapy, uh, like a, like a very a trained yeah. um, therapy dog. Yeah. And a card, like go and get the card. Yeah. In the go, mail. yeah okay. go on the internet. Just yeah. do, fill, fill out that the form. form. On the internet. Yeah. yeah. And they got this therapy dog and, and it totally changed their wow. children's lives. And like the, the the aspects of this uh, little girl with autism like completely changed and they are the the dog makes them be able to do all these things socially that they never were able to do and they have wow. the dog at school oh my god Whoa. it's so fucking what a cute. good boy good boy uh, you say good boy yes. and he he's like i know yes he, he immediately boy. looks up um well that's nice <laughs> dogs we all love dogs and if you don't love dogs unsubscribe uh, no, moving don't. on to our uh, a very very fun have done this a little while because we've been away segment of what the hell <laughs> um, this is a this is an interesting one because this doesn't have to do with like a case study or uh, not like a specific person case study but this is a an interesting uh, piece of research that I found in the New York Times with a crazy article, uh, article title that is breathing through the rectum saves oxygen starved mice and pigs. What? All right. Dr. Caleb Kelly, a gastro, uh, a gastroenterology fellow at Yale university was recently asked to review a paper about mammals receiving life-saving oxygen through their anuses. (laughs) And he was quoted saying, I laughed, to be honest, he said. I thought it was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine being on a site and some guy's like stuck, like there's an earthquake and some guy's stuck under some rubble and he's like yelling inside. He's like, I'm running out of air. I can't breathe. And just his hind, is just his backside is sticking out. And somebody's like, "Quick, blow him up like a balloon. It'll help. <laughs> yeah, breathe, sir. breathe, sir. <laughs> breathe through your ass. Breathe through your asshole. That would work. Loosen up, sir. Loosen up. <laughs> Let the tube in. Let it in. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer that bottoms are not for breathing. But the authors of a new study published Friday in the journal Med uh, are perfectly serious. They showed that when some mice or pigs are dangerously deprived of air. An enema of oxygen-carrying liquid can rescue them. Whoa. Quote, it actually turns out it could be a feasible approach, said Dr. Kelly, who wrote a commentary accompanying the new paper. Dr. Takanori Takabe of the Tokyo Medical and Dental University 
and the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. <laughs> this guy's just flying all over the fucking <laughs> yeah. world, and he's covering every base he might possible. Be spreading himself a little thin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. No yes. pun intended. No pun intended. Well, with the levitating <laughs> magnet train, it's quite quick. Yeah, Doctor Takebi of the Tokyo Medical and Dental University and the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center was motivated to study this unusual idea by his father's struggle with lung disease. That sentence is fucking wild. Okay, so he was motivated to study rectum breathing oxygen by his father's struggle with lung disease. Mechanical ventilators can keep patients alive when their lungs are failing, but these tools aren't always available and they can run out as the COVID-19 pandemic has shown. And although he may uh, although he may be a ways off from studying the idea in human patients, Dr. Takebi, uh, Takebi said that Quote, we clearly need different strategies to help out patients with severe lung failure. Guys, I can't help but think about how, you know, like um, this, you, uh, this is going to happen when, to me when, you know, when you watch, I can though, fucking tell, I you know, you know, when you watch that his ass like a like a sci-fi movie from like 20 or 30 years ago. And yeah. it's just like they just really got it wrong. Like they just yeah, didn't yeah. know what to expect in the future. I think that we have no idea what to expect in the future. And one of those aspects of that is that scuba diving. We've been thinking about the problem in the completely wrong way. Space travel, like the space helmets. Yeah. We shouldn't be, we don't need to cover our faces. Mm -hmm. We don't need to cover our mouths. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can close them. We just duct tape our noses closed or our mouth closed and shove something up our ass. Start breathing through our butts. Yeah, dude. A hundred percent. Because it would be so much less straining on you, wouldn't it? If you just had some device that was inserted in your butthole that helped you breathe. I mean, it sounds super logical. So your bad breath would just be farts? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, His research had focused on using stem cells in dishes to grow miniature organs such as lungs. Then he decided to try something totally different. He took a tube, rammed it up his ass, and <laughs> used a balloon blower upper to fill him up. It does no. not say that. No, it doesn't. Uh, uh, something totally different. Instead of growing new organs, why not repurpose the organs that mammals, including people, already have? Turning to the animal kingdom for inspiration, Dr. Takebi learned that many fish and other creatures have evolved multitasking organs. Yeah, dude, they're called gills, not assholes. Like, what? No, I no. feel like he was looking in the wrong area. Actually, yes, yes. Uh, for example, <laughs> fishes, the fish called loaches use their gills to take oxygen from the water, as most fish do. But they can also pop their heads above the surface for a gulp of air. Loaches don't have lungs, so the air they swallow travels through their digestive tract where their intestines absorb the oxygen that they need. Whoa. That's fucking wild. Oh, that is crazy. Right? So their their intestines are effectively lungs. Yeah. They, they, their, their intestines double as guys, both... Guys. Uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Organs for digestion and for respiration. Yeah. How does your throat know to put the food in one way and the air in another? I have no idea. Okay. If you know the answer to this, letters at sickboypodcast.com. And actually, it's how funny does a throat know? <laughs> I, I messed it up How this does morning. your throat know? Isn't it frustrating when you how mess it up? How does the throat know? <laughs> Isn't it frustrating when you mess up and you, crazy. you don't know how you messed up? Because like something your throat didn't guys, know guys, for that one time. Like into my lungs. Yeah. Give me a piece of food right now. That thing's going in my stomach, not my lungs. How... How does that like like magnets? It's got to be an, yeah. how, it's got to be work, something you know? to do with an air versus a solid or, or a liquid. It's got to just know. It's got to know. <laughs>
I re- I'm racking my brain on this one. I, <laughs> guys, I really, I just, I don't fucking know how it works. <laughs> uh, t- uh, so Dr. Takepi um, and his co-authors set out to see if a mammal's intestines could also absorb oxygen. They started by simply pumping oxygen gas up the rectums of anesthetized oxygen-deprived mice. Dude, this is <laughs> oh, this fucking poor mice. Man, you know what's crazy? is like the amount of times on this show where we talk about, like, we talk about medical advancements and we we inherently end up going to the research and the research is always like so these mice were like strapped up on a fucking crucifix and we were ramming shit up their ass like i'm always just like fuck these we talk about animal torture every week we never say animal torture guys we have to have uh hannah from our our patreon community on to talk about the ethical treatment of mice because she's Worked in that. She's yeah. killing them every all, every fucking <laughs> no, day. No, no, no. She's not. Put, we, put should the, we should do it. We should do a Patreon, uh, uh, yeah, uh, live show with be, her. And that's talk a great about idea. That. It'd be really fun. Uh, though the procedure helped the mice survive longer, it worked best when researchers. Oh my god! Come on. Oh, it worked better when researchers scraped the intestinal walls to thin it, making this method not very appealing for treating sick human patients. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, all right, sir, look, we're out of ventilators <laughs> and you are fucked. COVID has fucked you. The only way we can save you is if we shove this knife up your ass and scrape your intestinal walls and then take it out and p- p- put a fucking tube up there. However, it's deeply experimental. Imagine, Jeremy, you're just gonna, you're just gonna lose even more of you know your what? intestine. I'm cool. I'll check out long before yeah, I'll take any that. of this shit. Imagine, imagine you have to walk around. I'm good. You're, they remove your lungs. You don't even have lungs anymore, but you've got a scuba tank on your back with a tube with a hose up your ass. <laughs> that's, the, that's the cure to CF right there. Uh, uh, next, the scientists tried uh, delivering oxygen in liquid form. They added oxygen to a perfluorochemical, a compound that, quote, that has an incredible capacity to absorb gases, Dr. Kelly said. Perfluorochemicals were even tested as a kind of artificial blood in early 2000s. Well, that's fucking Whoa. wild. The scientists squirted this oxygen packet, liquided, the packet, sorry, the scientists squirted this oxygen-packed liquid into the rectums of mice and pigs, they found that when the animals were dangerously deprived of oxygen, the procedure boosted their blood oxygen <laughs> and, they, their, and their moods. What are they doing? Just going <laughs> go into a farm and oh and, and finding all these animals? Like, no, dude. That's such a diverse selection no, of animals. They're breeding dude. these fucking animals. This for is research. this is like this is the most uh, this is the most graphic that a that an, an, a study on rats has ever has ever been. Usually, they're like. Oh, we had this hypothesis and we tested it on mice and rats. And and then your brain goes, oh, I guess if you had to do that, it probably would have looked like this. That's sad. I don't want to think about that. And this, they're <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we were just pumped. Strap, we, strapped them up, scraped them. We were squirting uh, liquid up their ass. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad for animals right now. I'm going to go buy something from Lush afterwards because they don't do any animal <laughs> yeah. testing. Uh, so after they squirted this oxygen packed liquid Lush. into the rectums, uh, the mice started walking around again. And the pale skin of the anesthetized pig started turning a healthy pink. Dr. Takepi said that he didn't expect the procedure to work as well as it did. Quote, there are complete, they, they are completely recovering from the very, very severe hypoxia, he said. That was really astonishing to me. A mammal doesn't use its colon for breathing. Duh. <laughs> but anyone who has used a suppository knows that this thin-walled organ is adept at filtering substances into the body. Also, if you've ever butt chugged a single beer, oh. woo, baby, very fast track Wait. to the 
impossible have to you, get your stomach. Have you, you chugged a beer? Where was I here? Uh, <laughs> no. Wait, have you actually, it? though? Yeah, we need to it's get to the bottom of this suppository. Have you? World organs. I did to filter it. Uh, yes, here we go. So uh, what separates the environment from inside the body is a single layer of cells, Dr. Kelly said. Furthermore, he said, <laughs> it's normal for gastrointestinal tracts to Moving absorb gases. Right along. <laughs> Doctors can even diagnose illnesses by detecting gases from gut-dwelling bacteria on a person's breath. Like a sick human gasping for air, fish sometimes find themselves in dire need of oxygen, said Jonathan Mark Wilson, a biologist at Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Canada. I'll see you uh, next week, Waterloo, I'm coming up to fucking speak for all the fresh, uh, the freshmen's. I guess they don't say that now. The first fresh years, fresh. fresh folks, the fresh folks at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University. Uh, for example, they may live in a pond or a puddle that is overcrowded with other animals. That's why so many species have evolved ways to breathe air at the surface, as loaches do. Doctor Wilson said. Doctor Wilson doesn't know of any animal that literally inhales air through their assholes. But turtles spend the winter sitting on the bottom of a pond, never coming up for air, and survive by taking oxygen from the water via their rear ends, mimicking huh. such a process in mammals. Makes a lot of sense, he says. Dr. Takepi uh, uh, sees an urgent need for better ways to get oxygen to critically ill patients. Quote, I am really keen on pursuing the clinical, cl clinical translation potentials as fast as possible, he said. Man, I don't think anybody else is in a rush for this shit. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me die. <laughs> Toward that end, he's just begun a startup in Japan called EVA Therapeutics, Inc. EVA stands for Eternal Ventilation Via Anus, the name no, of his technique. it doesn't. No. Yes, it does. I didn't make that up. Well, I don't get what... Oh, so God. what... I don't understand Tushy what uses... Holy shit, have. dude. He said that the method safety in humans needed to be carefully evaluated, but that he was hoping to begin clinical trials as early as next year. Well, I well, let's check up on it in a year's time and see where we are as a human species with breathing I, through our buttholes. I yeah. cannot wait to follow up on this. Uh, Dr. Kelly, the guy that they asked to like to review this and comment on it, he went on to say, uh, that while the concept is fascinating, he's not sure if he's ready for prime time yet. <laughs> Quote, it's kind of a startling idea to use part of the human anatomy for gas exchange, he said. Still, he added, the weirdness doesn't mean we should dismiss it, like trepanning. Um, trepanning. Uh, it really should be the data, he said, rather than our visceral reactions to the concept that guide us. And yeah. then he goes on to Very say, true. drilling holes in our head isn't such a bad idea after all. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I honestly... I oh I don't think this is a new thing. I'm almost positive this is an Ayurvedic thing. Oh, it's got to be almost certainly breathing through your well, butthole, dude. I think that is a thing, right? That yeah. was a read. There was a thing. There's a thing. I in feel the, like there is legitimately I there, something. I think there's a thing in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika that talks about uh, breathing through reed grass up your butt. You like putting reed grass yeah. up your butt and breathing yeah. through the reed grass. I could be wrong. I remember hearing something like that and laughing that pretty hard. If anybody <laughs> for for context, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika is like is the, in yoga there's like a few texts that are like these ancient old texts. Hatha Yoga Pradipika is one of them, but it's the one that has like it has a section where it talks about all these like powers that that mm. and practices that yogis should do. Mm. And there are there's some wild ones. Some really, yeah. really interesting things yeah. in there. Yeah. One of them is one of them is to take your colon out. We all know we're big fans of anal prolapse here at, at Sick Boy Podcast. Stop, stop, stop. So stop. you take your you take out. your colon 
out, like you take your digestive tract out and you're supposed to clean it in the Ganges. That sounds safe. <laughs> and uh, because the Ganges are super clean, especially well, I was in Rishikesh. Say, it's like out of the frying pan into the fire. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, with all the yeah. dead bodies floating around in there, Jesus. it's all just really clean water. Hey, man, I actually really saw that. So you're, uh, I know you did. And uh, and so, yeah, you just clean them off. That's uh, one of one of many cool uh, How practices. are you supposed to get your colon out, though? Uh, you just get your just, get you your push. get your homie to reach up in there and nope, you pull do, it no, on. No, 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 no. This is an individual practice. You do it by yourself. You go down. You just you kind of kind of you gotta hunch over a little bit. You gotta, you gotta push. Yeah. You, you gotta, gotta you gotta, gotta push I, yeah, too hard. Just gonna kind of bend over at the waist. Reach it's, you reach from the front or up and down and around. And it's and usually like in. a knees up yeah. in your chest. Yeah, knees up in your chest. Yes. And you just and then you just kind of you reach up and you try to. It's a bit of a fisting oh, thing. And then you come and you just grab it. Yeah, oh God, God, God. I mean, no, no, getting no, it out is no. actually quite easy. It's putting it put back, it back in. Putting so it back in. Yeah, yeah. It's like especially um, after it's been cleaned. Yeah, it's like yeah. have you ever put a, tried to put a tent in a tent bag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See that to me though. That to me is crazier than self trepanation. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I guess. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you personally. On that. I'm with you on that. One hundred percent. Would you rather clean your own organ? Your your. <laughs> would you rather self prolapse and then clean your? Or would you rather drill a hole? In I'd your rather head? drill a hole in my head. Same. Yeah. Much easier yeah. logistically yeah. to do. Speaking of trepanation, yes. speaking of trepanation, uh, really, I'm d- just going to plug another podcast here, uh, which which we don't typically do, but um, stuff you should know. Podcast that's been around forever. Um, they actually like OG, 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 like, uh, like, like before a podcast. One of the before biggest. Anybody knew what a fucking podcast. Probably was. one of the biggest. Probably if not the biggest podcast in the world. Uh, they've, they have well over a thousand episodes and they've, they've long surpassed a billion downloads. Anyway, neither here nor there. They just put out a a new episode today as we record this and it's how trepidation works. Are you serious? Yeah. And it's fascinating. It's really, it, it, a whole bunch of shit that I was really hoping that I would like, wish I knew before we recorded, uh, with, with, you know, uh, we should do yesterday. We should go back and retitle our last Episode on trepanation, the same, the same as their yes, title. You're right. We 100%. should 100 yeah. yeah. do yeah. that, and, yeah. and and just put stuff you should know in quotations <laughs> yeah, yeah, next to yeah. it. Yeah, that's you <laughs> know what that's called content hacking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just well, SEO, some search engine optimization, gaming the algorithm. <laughs> um, well, I think it's time to uh, get this puppy home so I can feed him. Which yeah. means uh, that is it for this week, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We um, really appreciate the heck out of all of you. And uh, if you're tuning in. From Apple Podcast, leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are in the comments there. Uh, the whatever the, 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 your ability to comment on that, whatever the fuck that is. And then, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button. Uh, also very important. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, all you glizzy guzzies out there, uh, say something in the comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, how cute is my dog? Right. Leave a comment about Especially that. Especially if you made it this far in the video, guys. Oh, yeah, definitely leave a comment. Yep. Super cute. And uh, if you want to let us know uh, your thoughts, send us some uh, send us some mails. Tell us a story. You can do that. Go to letters at sick boy podcast or send an email to letters at sick boy You can also slippity slide into the DMs real slippity slip slip like. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been trapped in an avalanche or been stuck somewhere where you're below ground and you're you know, the only thing that's available to the outside world is your asshole and you're able to breathe <laughs> through it. 
uh, let us know because we'd really love to know. We'd love to hear we'd that. Really <laughs> love to know that, and you could probably get in touch with uh, the 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 doctor's name that Jeremy pronounced five different times through that story. Um, and I'm sure that he'd love to that to technique. Study you. That technique is called periscoping, actually. Periscoping, Ooh, yes. incredible. Now, Brian's yeah. Brian's favorite uh, dead app. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com/slash/contact. Fill out the guest form. Didn't we have a few letters coming? We do. Yeah, we did. Uh, so we had a letter and a DM. So this letter is from someone that we are keeping anonymous uh, for reasons all become clear. So remember how um, we asked folks uh, if they're vaccine hesitant to reach out and let yeah. us know why. Mm-hmm. So we got we got a letter from someone. Nice. And yeah. So this is this is what uh, our anonymous friend wrote. Um, and they they like their name was on it. But I was like, we'll keep you anonymous. Sure. Just in case. Uh, hello, everyone. I listened to your most recent uh, episode where you asked for people who are or were vaccine hesitant to write in and give their perspective. Well, here I am. I will start off by saying, yes, I am from Alberta. But I hope that doesn't affect your opinion of me, Brian. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I love you. <laughs> I was one of those people that was a vaccine hesitant. At first, it was because I was pregnant. And the reason was because there was no research on the vaccine on pregnant people specifically. That's legit. Yeah, mm-hmm. no pregnant or lactating people were included in the trials. Because I was carrying a baby and wanted to do everything I possibly could to protect her, I was a little hesitant because the vaccine was so new and I didn't know what it would do to her. Ooh. Yes, I know COVID would also be detrimental to her, but I thought I was doing everything I could to not get COVID. Being pregnant is already so stressful, I didn't know what the right decision was. Secondly, the recommendations and messaging regarding the vaccine were so contradictory, which is true. Uh, the CDC recommends not mix, uh, not mixing vaccines, while in Canada the messaging is that you can. Uh, the mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna. Before that, they recommended mixing any vaccines. So, for example, my mom got AZ, then Pfizer. Also, they rolled out AstraZeneca so quickly and told people to get it ASAP that it was safe, then backtracked and stopped administering it due to safety issues. Who's to say they won't do that now with Pfizer and Moderna? I was ner- uh, I'm nervous that we will all get vaccinated because that... Um, that's the, that's what they were telling us to do. And then weeks or months later, they would stop administering due to emerging safety issues because the messaging was so mixed. What were we supposed to believe? How do we trust what the government says? Ultimately, I decided to get the vaccine with emerging research that antibodies could be passed through breast milk. For me, the benefits outweighed the risk. I am my baby's closest contact. So I wanted to protect her and give her antibodies to protect her and, uh, didn't want to risk getting COVID. It still made me nervous. I should caveat that now. The CDC and all OBGYN professional bodies are recommending the vaccine during pregnancy, and research is now showing that protection is passed on to the baby. I hope this helps you understand where us vaccine-hesitant people are coming from, but I hope you don't hate me too much because I did end up getting the vaccine. A bunch of smiley faces. Now, see, that person is way too rational. That's a totally... That's a totally rational approach on that. I yeah. was, yeah. I, I think when we were talking about that, if I can recall the conversation, I was, I was really hoping that somebody would write us that was like a look into it per kind of person. Like somebody who's like, Hey guys, have you guys seen this documentary? It's called Plandemic. I just want to <laughs> yeah. like forward it to <laughs> yeah. you. See, yeah, that, that, that is like, that's somebody who's going, that's someone who took their time. They took yes. their time yeah. and they went, uh, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this gray area because I'm pregnant and yeah, that, yeah. that, yeah. and there's lack of, re- and there's lack of actual research, yeah. <laughs> yes. not the research that's 
you know, fucking circulated on. Look into you know, it, research. Bright, look into it, research. <laughs> so yeah. we'll 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 have to we'll have to cut this part out. But uh, one thing that uh, so we we emailed this person. We said, hey, can we read your thing on the show? And they were like, yes, you can. But actually, hold on, let me just revise what I said. That whole thing about them getting the vaccine in the end, they tagged that on after we asked them, right? Because right. they were like, because the the actual real final sentence was. Um, it's a fucking hoax. Bill Gates is like to get you. Five G is real, and so and we were like, yeah, this is great. And then the, and then when they sent the this new version, um, I you know I was like, hey, can we read your original one? And they were like, no, no, please don't. Um, and also please and and at first they were like, yeah, tell them. And she was she was like, my name's Louise. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and but this time this yeah. time they were like, and, and, and they, actually you know what? Just say this, say this instead, and don't say my yeah. name. So anyway, whatever. They, so it was it was Louise who wrote. And the original <laughs> sign-off was where, where we go one, we go all. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Anyway, so, uh, so, make sure, so I'll make sure to cut that out yeah, because that was, I uh, mean, we, we definitely I, don't want this person to hear that I, I just revealed all that information. I do want to also echo that fact that like that is a totally fair – that is yeah. vaccine hesitancy yeah. in its finest form. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. It's allowed, you're allowed to be – In its finest form. That's you're right. allowed to yeah. be hesitant – Look into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And when you realize yeah, 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 the yeah. truth, then get it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, so like, you know, the, but to that point, there's yeah. there's people that are still <clears throat> hesitant. Yes. Even yeah. with all even with all the data that still exists out there. And uh, this person is not one of those people right now. And congratulations. You know, I hope you're feeling good about your choice about getting the vaccine. Um, I think it's I think it's great. And also thanks for thanks for. Thanks for sending us that message, even though I'm sure that there was like maybe a bit of hesitancy there in sending it. Yeah. You know, uh, a sick boy email hesitant uh, because <laughs> because it, it is it's one of those things where it's like. I know if I was in that position, I would feel I especially in the climate that we're in now, I would feel a bit hesitant to reveal that information to like certain sure, people that totally. I hang out with, you know? So, and so kudos to you listener. Uh, thank you for writing that. We really do yeah. appreciate it. And, we, and we're not, and when we are, when we were roasting, like <laughs> when we were roasting people last, when, whatever week that was, two last, weeks like ago, four two, weeks, two, two, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about rational thinkers. We're, no. we're talking about people who are just on the fucking moon that yeah. are, that are, that are, you know, that are, yeah, like, correct. Wait, so so if you if you like if if your sentiments are shared at all with with uh with our friend who sent that letter in, like yeah. we're not we're we're not that those those things that we're saying aren't directed towards you. Mm-hmm. You're that you're yeah. a good rational thing. But again, I'm gonna, uh, well, I'll cut this part in. But again, again, like just where we go, just so you're clear. Where, where we go, when we go. Yeah, we yeah. It's just so you're clear. That's <laughs> not the, that's not what originally was. Anyway, they they they, they, they backtrack. Yeah, look into it. Uh, what else we got, Lo? Yes, we also got a DM from Laura on Instagram, and it was about our uh, talk about triage uh, when we were talking about the man that died uh, here in Nova Scotia yes. in triage. So she wrote regarding triage, it is designed to be a two minute or less process to determine how fast someone needs to be seen. If that patient waited for, and she's a nurse, by the way, I should say she's not just like a, a person. She's Louise. She's got credentials. Mm-hmm. So she wrote, if that patient waited for that long before even being triaged, it would seem that the hospital in question needs more nursing staff and capability to be able to Mm. triage multiple individuals at the same time if triaging them sequentially is creating such a wait. There aren't any formal systems designed to triage patients waiting to be triaged. However, there are some informal systems depending on where you go. 
For example, a patient who is standing up on their own in line for triage might wait while someone who comes in by ambulance jumps the queue for triage since they are presumably more ill. Mm. But this is informal and would vary, I presume, from hospital to hospital. Mm. Also, Tay. ER nurses have additional training on top of their RN training. Most hospitals require a two years of ER experience before a nurse can triage. And then they also need to do the CTAS course. I don't know what that stands for. Let me look at it. Triage something, triage something course. CTAS? Let's guess. The compliance for triage. Oh, the uh, Canadian Triage (laughs) and Acuity Scale. Yes, that's what I was thinking. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to guess something else. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to so say somebody has to uh, work in the ER. You have to be an ER nurse for two years before you can triage. Yeah, which yeah. I think makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's legit. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, <laughs> that's uh, my hot take. Hey, listen, don't be sick, boy. Email hesitant. Uh, reach out and send us your letters, and mm-hmm. uh, and we'll just send this by saying thank you so much to the people who make this happen. Lauren Sankey, Taylor McGillivray, Jeremy Saunders. I love this is my favorite part of the week. Uh, Jeff Lonis, thanks for being our manager. Rich O'Coin, thanks for the theme music. And to everybody else who makes this show go on, thank you. We love you. My Especially favorite, you, my listeners. part of the week is when the show ends and we get to turn the AC back on. And yeah. patrons. <laughs> uh, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.